Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort of Polygon.com and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress and guest Allison Esposito, who is quote unquote a feminist badass and the founder of <laughs> Tech Ladies. Allison, do you want to say hi? And oh, then Brianna hi. is going to hijack us. Hi. Hi. So happy to be here. Yay. I am so psyched to have you on the show. Like one of the cool things when you have your own podcast is you get to get all the people you respect the most, like, and like bring them on your show. So thank you Aww. so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me to be here. That's exactly how I felt when I saw that you joined Tech Ladies. I was like, this is Brianna Wu. <laughs> so we're fan we're fangirling back at each other, I guess. So I mean let's talk about that. You know, I you know, I I want people to know about that, especially because we have a lot of women in tech that listen to Rocket. You know, Tech Ladies, I think, is one of the most important places for any woman in tech to be on Facebook. Um, I mean, do you want to tell people a little bit about it and why you started it? Yeah. So really quickly, we're a community of women in tech. And it really started just as a coffee meetup in New York. I wanted to meet more women to grow my network and also just like talk about things that were happening at work. And then slowly found out that Everybody had all the same feelings and struggles <laughs> and everything, just being a woman working in tech that I did. Um, and then as we kept growing, we turned it into a community. We're now 20,000 women across mostly the U.S. and Canada. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's getting pretty big. And the bigger we get, um, we just figure out like how to help women in tech figuring out what they need. So we have a job board and a newsletter and this really active Facebook group. Um, where we've created all sorts of ways for people to help each other out so that we can scale it up. It's not just like, what can we do to help women in tech, but how can we make it so everybody can help each other? My my favorite thing that you do is there's a culture on tech ladies, and we're not going to make this whole show an ad for it. But <laughs> no, it's no. like It's like uh, you have a thing where it's like um, if you're looking for something for the community, use like hashtag ask. And I love that because it's like it's so hard to like say I need A, B, and C, but you provide a, a space where you can really do that online. So I just I think it's it's phenomenal and everybody should join it today. Yay. And I'm going to awesome. pass the URL in the show show notes. It's Higher Tech Ladies. It's awesome. Check it out. And uh, our regular co-host, Christina, is not here today for two reasons. One is that she it's a planned absence because she has a team dinner or something tonight. The second is that she was hit by a car. And I will immediately <laughs> oh, say no. she is okay. Yeah. Uh, she broke her wrist, I believe, um, and I'm going to include her. I'll put her tweets about it uh, in our show notes as well. She's fine. Uh, it's terrible. She rolled under a bus, apparently. Uh, yep. I don't know how this happened. Or no, no, I do know how it happened. She was crossing the street and she had the right of way. Uh, and somebody didn't look and yeah. hit her with a Lexus and knocked her underneath the bus. And I want to know whose ass do I have to kick in New York? That's my one question with this. She's oh not in New gosh. York. She's in Seattle. Oh, it's in Seattle. That's yeah. right. So who's, I just want like Brianna Wu is, we're going to have a very long and intense conversation. <laughs> if I ever run into you, how dare they do that to Christina? That's not know acceptable. If, was it a hit and run or did they actually, did the person stop? I don't know. Christina didn't uh, didn't go into that. So we, we should inquire about that because we will. that's important we will. information. Um, yes, yes. If the former, it sucks. 
Anyway, we have a, a fun show for you tonight because it's CES week. The best oh. week of the year for everyone who doesn't cover CES because we get to laugh. <laughs> we get to laugh a lot. Actually, can we talk about what – so I, I know people who are at CES right now, and apparently <laughs> – I mean, A, getting there from New York was a disaster because people were flying out for the press day early, and it was the week – or the day of the blizzard and all the, like, horrible, horrible cold weather here. Um Apparently, JFK flooded. Their baggage area flooded. So that's already fun. Uh, people were missing flights. It was hell. Uh, and then today, the power went out at CES. <laughs> Just for funsies. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Allison, you saw all these pictures, right? Like, it's of CES yeah. with, like, everybody in the pitch dark. And I I kind of love the irony. I mean, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I'm... It's. It was kind of a relief because all the news that I was seeing was just making me roll my eyes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you know what? Shut the lights out on these people. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. No. It, it was. It was kind of funny to see that. <laughs> have you ever been to CES? I haven't. Okay. Neither nope. have I. Have you, Brie? Nope. No. It's. Oh, uh, we're lucky. You know, we're it blessed. Was, it, it was kind of a waning institution when I was you know, moving from journalism into engineering and. Just to be honest, it's become kind of like this sad it you know what it is? It's like when you go on the carousel of progress at Disney World oh, no. and it's from the sixties <laughs> and it's so depressing. Like, I don't know. Like this is why like, we'll get into our awards later, but uh especially this year, where it's like another conference that somehow just forgot to invite any women to speak. Mm. <laughs> you know, just coincidentally there's zero women to speak. And uh then the first big news of this was uh you know Taylor of over at Daily Beast. I mean, Simone, do you want to talk about this story? Yes, because it is wonderful. Um, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so there's a Las Vegas strip club that has partnered with an engineer to bring some to, – to make CES more accessible to women, quote unquote, <coughs> by bringing some robot strippers, uh, which <laughs> I, I should mention just in case you're worried about whether or not these robots are sexualized – they have breasts and high heels. They're not yep. big breasts. But don't worry, don't worry, because they have names like Triple DDD. <laughs> and no. I, I don't remember the other one, but it also involved R2 Double D and Triple CP. Oh, thank <laughs> you. So free. Oh, so so that's burned into my brain, oh. you know? <laughs> I'm really glad that you, your, your wonderful memory has now absorbed these robot names. So these robots are, are dancing, uh, gyrating gently at a strip club in Las Vegas, uh, which I don't necessarily have a problem with because the idea of robot strippers is pretty cool, except that they're taking money from real women who are working for their working for money, <laughs> which is important for them. Um, sure. What I don't like about this is, A, the premise that this is making it better for women. Oh, no. And then, C, yeah. like, I find it so annoying, the... Um, the like the tip jars that they have out with puns about like making my tuition for MIT yeah, MIT bound that was the one of the most painful parts yes yeah. of it it's yeah, so think, disrespectful to human women strippers yeah absolutely and it just also feels like where you know the whole booth babes thing this is it just feels like women aren't welcome which is so funny that they were trying to say that this I don't know if that was a joke or what 
that guy, I think the guy who said that was the owner of the strip club, like clearly it's just a marketing ploy of theirs. Yes. Um, which has been really successful. But I don't know if that was a joke that that would get more women in. Like, why Why would it? Right. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. It's just really interesting. I, I read about it that the person who created it was is an artist um, who creates the gyrating robot strippers <laughs> and that this is like how he pays the bills and he's kind of sad about it like there were some really interesting quotes from him like where does the future of sex robots go or something like that so yeah he was like very not into the idea I mean and unfortunately it's kind of too late because there are sex robots already they're quite expensive right. but uh, <laughs> he just wants to make his art robots um it's just it's so it's very strange and kind of like the perfect strange encapsulation of how out of touch ces is yeah in in this the year 2018 where like it had cachet and then now it's kind of like a weird gadget show and then also trying to do something yeah, to welcome women that like is so low rent porn. Yeah, know? out of like, touch. Yeah. Oh, I I guess for me it's like you know I I don't know how you feel, Allison, but like here on Rocket, we're generally sex positive feminists, you know, and yeah. I don't have any like you know, objection to like sex robots in general. I was having a really interesting conversation with Cindy Gallup about this a few uh, months ago. It's like the issue isn't that. I don't think we should have bots where you can, you know, like express your human needs. It's that we're not having a larger conversation about um, like love and human connection. Like it's just going towards this very, you know, male gaze idea of what sex is. And to me, the thing that strikes me the most about these robots is they don't have faces. It's just this headless, you know, security camera and they've got like human women competing next to the robot, you know, uh, exotic dancers for which is the object you want to, you know, have relations with the most. So it's just, it's, I don't have any objection to it. I just think it's such a primitive, basic conversation when the conversation we need to have is a, is a lot more advanced, you know? Yeah, I think it, you know, it it actually uh, got me thinking about sex robots for the first time ever. And I thought, you know, like, sure, why not? You know, that's my first inclination to this, right? But it was just all about the context. Like, you're doing this at a place where women already don't necessarily feel that welcome because of their history. They had no women speakers, all that kind of stuff compounded. And then you've got real women strippers competing, like, you know, the whole, like, people are making a lot of jokes, like, robots coming and taking your jobs and that whole kind of thing. And there's yeah. just, I mean, there could almost be something interesting about it. Um, it's actual objectification of women, right? Like, actually turning them into objects. What does that mean? And how does it reflect how we look at women and all of this kind of stuff? I think it's somewhat interesting. But the way it was done was just, like, this gag, you know? Like, we're going to put yep. some, like, sex robots in the strip club in Vegas and it's going to just attract attention. So yeah, I don't know. It was also like, I I was just like, this is so ridiculous. This is like an episode (laughs) of Silicon Valley, like writing itself. You're so right. It's like a parody of a, of a tech event. And I I totally agree that uh, about everything you just said was really smart and good. (laughs) Um, So kind of in the spirit of, Oh, go on Brie. 
No, I was just going to say, uh, Allison, you said a comment in our chat this week that I just heard this and I loved it. You were like, yeah, after the year that women have had for so many reasons, <laughs> like they need to be making robot Channing Tatum. I mean, I really agree with that. I right? think that we, like, are, we are due shirtless Kylo Renbot. I mean, if this you is know, what women a- want, you know, I mean, they would have been a very different kind of robot. Oh, let's be yes, fit, let's that's- face it. That's so, that's such a good point. And I was thinking about this because I, I may, I, my initial thought was like, I mean, women do like robots. And then I was like, no, women don't necessarily like robots. Women like strange things. And I'm thinking, of course, <laughs> about the shape of water, Guillermo del Toro's new movie where there's a sexy fishman. And like, it's like, look at Beauty and the Beast. Look at the sexy fishman movie. It's like, women are interested in these like kind of offbeat sexual experiences but this is not weird enough for women this is not what women want (laughs) (laughs) and you know what women don't want that at a freaking tech conference so nope no yeah so in the spirit of the uh the strange sex robots uh we are going to name our do our favorite uh segment ever uh our worst tech products of ces uh Allison, as our guest, why don't you go first and tell us what your favorite worst product of <laughs> CES 2018 is? Okay, so the one that jumped out at me as being totally ridiculous is this $16,000 machine, or I guess it's a robot too, um, that folds your laundry for you, but it's not ready for prime time yet at all. <laughs> so like it's only folding the shirts that the company provides. It oh. can't fold shirts of any reporters yet. Oh. Um, it has a competitor, and the competitor uh, shirts you have to feed by hand, one by one, which has <laughs> got to take more time than just folding a shirt. Yeah. Um, so I think this is my most ridiculous one, and, and because it's you know it's not that hard to do. Obviously, if it were perfected, though, here's what I started thinking about. You know, hey, if this was actually perfect would i then use it like maybe but right now it just seems ridiculous like just fold your own shirts it's a very gen one product but i tell you if this like actually worked like you said i would absolutely pay money for this um yeah being married it's like you just you're dealing with things get a lot more complicated with laundry so i would i would just absolutely pay for this but you're right it's just not there yet this takes a long time now that you've said that, because my, my initial reaction was also like, why? And also takes up space. But then, yeah, if I could sit there reading a book while I individually hand fed my laundry to this robot, maybe I would do it. I'm that lazy. <laughs> I could make that happen. On the other hand, I live in New York and I don't have a washer and dryer. So I pay someone. I pay a human to do that for me. So maybe in the dystopia of the future, I won't need that. Uh, Brie, your uh, favorite terrible product is okay, pretty okay. bad, so tell so, us about so, it. And by the way, this is a new rocket. This is a tradition. We're doing this every year, like the CBS <laughs> Best of the Best of the Worst Award from Rocket. So um, mine, this is another one of these products where it could be awesome if they did it correctly, but the current implementation of it is such a bad idea. So this is a smart mirror that will look at your face and analyze your face and it will tell you where you're wrinkly and where you're red and it will automatically order products for you oh, online, online for it to analyze this. And it's like, you know, I, I, 
Yeah, this is just my experience, but like finding the right products for like a skincare issue, like it took me forever to find the right cream to like use when, you know, I have rosacea on my nose to like calm that down. Right. But so I'm open to something that can like give you feedback about that. But the fact that it's like ordering from the most off-brand, like, Chinese knockoff, like, (laughs) you know, cosmetic products. It's just a really bad idea. So, uh, yeah, this combination of horrific, like, amplifying your critique of yourself and making you spend money on bad products, I cannot endorse this. And this is my nominee for best of the best of the worst. Very good. You know what? If they were to just make a product that did the opposite, like right. a mirror that's like, yes. actually, you look really you great look, today. Wow. <laughs> you look amazing. You don't need anything. Wow. That would be a better product. That would be a million-dollar idea. I would totally buy that mirror. <laughs> Harder to monetize, but yes. yeah, maybe you just yes. sell the mirror itself. Sure. Just put a <laughs> post-it note on your mirror that says, you look great, honey. <laughs> the thing about this Affirmations. is that every time I look at myself in my real mirror, I think, yeah, girl, you look great. Every time I try to take a picture of myself with my phone, it's a bad look. So I feel like (laughs) just by virtue of this being a camera in a piece of technology, you're gonna look worse because it's science that you look worse in cameras than you do with your eyeballs. So I I feel like this is going to just generate so much sadness. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And so much money. Oh, so what, uh, before, do we want to do Christina's nominee or do you want to do yours? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Christina's nominee because it's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. So Christina nominated uh, from her from her hospital bed. She's not in a hospital bed. She's at home. From her home, I presume, this horrendous uh, weight loss headset that basically, that like you stick little electrodes behind your ears, you weigh it around your head, and it's supposed to stimulate you with the electrodes so that your... Uh, your natural like set point weight lowers because you feel less hungry. But actually it just, Angela Chen from the verge tried it and she said it just made her nauseous. So oh, this God. is probably, honestly, I think Christine is going to win because I don't think I can top this, but like the, this is the worst because it combines like an awkward product with bad science into yeah. this, that, that doesn't work. There's no way it works. There's no way that works. There's no way it works, but you're talking about the weight loss industry, which is the most shameless of all industries. And I just feel like the reason I can't vote for this personally is it's not really more shameful than like the shake weight, the shake weight, you know, (laughs) like the shake weight was a weight loss product that took guts to bring to market <laughs> because it was so terrible this is like hey put on some goggles and shock your face i mean it's do you so, know what i mean it, this is a dystopian product i'm gonna put on my shock headset and i'm yeah. gonna sit here and i don't know read a book or something well my set point weight and like <laughs> set point weight is like that's like a real thing at least like it's They've shown that your body kind of like settles in a place and that's why it's so hard to keep weight off once you lose it because your body's like, oh, I'm freaking out because I'm starving to death. I'd better put on some weight. Uh, But I do not think that you can use a headset to stimulate your hypothalamus so that you won't eat. That's 
BS. I swore, and I'm going to put a little timestamp in. Anyway, my product is much more fun. Um, okay. I, I'm nominating uh, something that, much like the laundry robot, the more I think about it, I actually kind of like it. It is the <laughs> internet-connected toilet. Oh, God. Which is so on brand for me. Oh, no. um, Alexa oh, no. lives in it, and she can play music from your toilet speakers. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. That sounds kind of I like it. I'm, I'm maybe getting sold on this. Tell me more. So I was not. I thought that this was the most ridiculous thing. I was like, lol, music while I poop. But then I thought, you know what else is in my bathroom is my shower where I want to listen to music. And you know what doesn't really work in my bathroom is my laptop or my phone speakers. Because like the way the acoustics in the shower are, it just makes them sound so quiet. But if I could blast some music from my smart toilet oh my god i'm now totally into this now um it also says that you can have uh bidet spray configurations which is bad because bidets are bad for you don't use them um but it also keeps track of water usage so then you can presumably be like oh jane you're the one who's pooping so much and using all that water. <laughs> I, I'm tracking. I know. I've seen the times. I have it clocked right here. I know when you used all the water. Stop pooping so much in my house. Um, so, you know, then you can shame people for their water usage. This, this has colored lightings. It has colored lighting to, like, set the mood for when yes. you're in the bathroom. You know, it's funny. Oh. All of these products exist separately. Like, I've heard about the colored lights for the toilet oh, separately. Oh. They just kind of put everything together. One mega smart toilet. Does it have heated toilet seats? Because that's the only yes. thing I think would actually, that would be nice. Yeah. And, would feet, be nice. and feet warmers. I'm going to look into time. that. I'll, I'll let me dampen your spirits right now by saying it costs uh, at least $5,600. Oh, so uh, it's it. a little more than just like adding Alexa <laughs> to your bathroom. I um, thought the toilet couldn't be improved, but I was wrong. Oh my god! Okay, okay. So, uh, Allison, what you can't vote for your own one, I guess. So, if you're not voting for your own, what is your nomination for best of the best of the worst? I think maybe the weight loss headset. Now that we've talked it through a bit, yeah, I think that might be the best I, of the best of the worst. I think I'll yeah, vote for I, that too. I got to change my vote. I'm gonna have to go with that. But I do think my mirror is very bad. <laughs> your mirror is very bad. bad. <laughs> yes, at least it functions as a mirror. Yes. In a way. Sort of. <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have an all-access suite of powerful hosting options with prices that start at just $5 a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. <gasps> yeah. You're super excited about that, Brie. So Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. And they now have 10 data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They have an API that lets you easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and everything is manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. 
Linode offers a 99% uptime for server guarantee for server availability. Once your server is up, they are they are working to keep it that way. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, and so, so many more. And also, they are hiring right now. So if you are interested in that, go to linode.com slash careers, and I'm going to go there right now and see what they have on offer, actually. Ho, 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 ho. (laughs) Ho, 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 ho. Tell oh ho 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 ho. So they they have some customer support options open. They also have a bunch of developer options open. So they're looking for a front end developer. They're looking for JavaScript engineers, um, seniorly JavaScript engineers, software engineers, and UX designers, and also IT technicians. So if you are a rocket listener who's interested in some of those things and some other stuff too, like project managers, which is in no way unimportant, I shouldn't have skimmed over it in that way. So that's a Linode, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash careers. But on to the other things. So Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at just one gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month. And they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And as a listener of this show, of course, if you sign up at linode.com slash rocket, you'll be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 toward any Linode plan. So on the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months of service. And with it has a seven day money back guarantee. So you've got nothing to lose. So please do check out linode.com slash rocket. That is L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash rocket to learn more. Sign up, take advantage of your $23. Or you can use the offer code or yes, the offer code rocket2018 at checkout. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, like server farms have become kind of commodified. And this really does it has some of the best prices in the industry. It's just an absolutely fantastic product. And I don't know, it's like, Simone, you should start your own like server farm needing business, like something <laughs> that just needs massive amounts of data for you to bring that to consumers. Like, I wonder if I could like, yeah, just a bunch of, of ebook downloads. That's all I can think of. No, no, I've got, I've got Simone book, your own Simone Simone social network where it just, (gasps) it takes all the social things that go on in your life and it just makes them weird. You should do that. You should do that. It's like (laughs) a, a weird filter, like an Instagram filter for Facebook, except the filter is weird. And then you get Simone book. Like I'm, I'm sitting there with my husband. I take a picture of my husband. You upload Simone book, and Frank is a demon. What's going on? What? Like I don't. I was going to say Frank has a mustache, but Frank has a mustache in real life. He already does. <laughs> so I, can't yes. I take away his mustache. <gasps> Surprise! Oh, he looks really weird without a mustache. <laughs> like, I honestly can't imagine it. Yeah, you should shave it him. It wouldn't work out well for anyone. You should do a fundraiser <laughs> where you shave him. And then upload the videos to my server. <laughs> Use my server farm. Yeah. yeah, that will that will help my reputation with uh, gang men to vote for me here in Massachusetts <laughs> District Eight. That's a good plan. Simone. You heard it here first. Brianna Wu will shave oh, all men. Right. I'm <laughs> not true. Her wacky friend Simone is just telling those lies again about her political campaign. Uh, let's move into another wonderful hard tech topic that will uh, showcase our intelligence. 
All right, so Kodak has announced they're they're doing their own cryptocurrency for photographers called Kodak Coin. Da 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 da. In response to their announcing this, their stock went up like forty four percent. I think. Whoa. Um. So basically, this is intended. Well, you say whoa, but it was like from two dollars to five dollars. Yeah. 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 When I read it, I was like, uh, duh, duh. but and then I looked at the graph and I was like, oh, and then I got the numbers and I was like, huh, it was a whole emotional journey with me and Kodak. Uh, so basically, this is a cryptocurrency that's meant to work inside uh, Kodak One, which is a rights management platform. And Kodak is saying that this will that using the blockchain will be a way to help photographers uh, license and have more ownership over their work because they'll be buying and selling things on a secure platform. Um, on the other hand, it's Kodak. Take it away, Bree. Uh, I think it's a gimmick. I mean, you know, if we'd implemented this at the very beginning of, you know, the web, maybe I could see this working, but this specifically so many... or cryptocurrency for every freaking well, company well, on the planet crypto cryptocurrency based like digital rights management right like, okay. the issue is um let's take that that dude on um deviantart that makes the presidents the pictures of presidents like you know it's ronald reagan like driving a muscle car with like a screaming eagle on his arm you know like the the riding a t-rex right uh, that's a guy that's an artist and he's had his work just stolen and put everywhere and sold everywhere. So I'm very, um, I, I'm very concerned about like artists being paid for their work. That's very fair. And that's why we have DRM built into things like steam. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you can have a really exotic blockchain application for this, but what's going to stop people from, you know, taking this and putting it, you know, it ends up in Google image search um, you know, how are you going to stop it from just being uploaded on Facebook? I kind of feel like, uh, that genie is out of the bottle. And, you know, the truth is like respectable magazines and publications, they already have entire divisions to go secure rights to these kinds of things. So, um, I, I just, I kind of feel like it's a good idea, but it's too late. Hmm. Yeah. It might be a good experiment they might come out with some learnings, you know, but I don't know how you, like you said, I don't know how you really put it across everywhere and make this, you know, so that you can't steal it. But it's, it's also the one good part about it is it is highlighting this issue a bit. Um, I don't know. That's all I can come up with for that because it is, <laughs> it is highlighting it. You know what I mean? Like um, I think like average people don't really like think or care about who is our or photography is getting stolen or repurposed. I think that's yeah. true. And I don't think that Kodak is Kodak introducing their own cryptocurrency is necessarily going to change that, especially because I feel like the, the people who are going to be excited about this, it's such a, it's such a small group like investors and people who are already interested in cryptocurrency. Yes. Photographers, maybe, but, like, the truth is that people aren't necessarily thinking about where their images are coming from. Like, we're so conditioned to just go to Google and not even to, to go into the tools and, like, look for images that can be modified legally. But just, like, they're all so available and it's so hard to police. And even if the initial buying and selling happens somewhere 
where it's protected, I, yeah, I, it's just, I don't think it's really going to change anything. Well, think about, I was trying to think about this from the, let's imagine the other ultimate example. So let's say uh, Joe Kodak goes back to 1990 uh, and manages to build like DRM into you know, Netscape 1.0. And, you know, you can't uh, put any image in a web browser that, you know, doesn't, you know, meet this checksum. So let's imagine that future. Um, think about how the police would handle that. Let's say a police camera caught an image of a cop doing, you know, shooting a citizen mm-hmm. in a way that really brought outrage. Um, then you couldn't put that online. Imagine um, like criminal evidence, uh, something being introduced into court that not being shown to the public. Like, do you see what I mean? Like you take this idea to the ultimate example, it doesn't really work either. So I feel like um, I'm really empathetic to Kodak who kind of missed the boat on digital photography to the point it kind of, you know, really made their company worth $2 and 50 cents a share, which is very damaging, but I don't see really an implementation for this that is really going to help move the ball forward. It just, it kind of, it feels like a a gimmick. And we're seeing this with a lot of uh, cryptocurrencies. Like I was looking at this today. Did you guys hear about woman coin? No. Did you hear about this? No. Right. It's exactly what you think it is. Like that reaction is exactly what it is. You go to the page and it's just like a cryptocurrency for women. And you're like, like, (laughs) what does that mean? What technology is different about this? And it's just like, it's time women had a cryptocurrency of our own. And you're, it's just, it's, you know what I mean? This is why Warren Buffett is saying things like the cryptocurrency bubble is going to burst. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you it know, is. I kind of understand. It's, it's funny. Cause there's, there's interesting creative applications like the, the crypto kitties, which is I think <laughs> frivolous, but also kind of awesome. Weirdly. Yeah. Like, it's in this strange creative space and it's so it, it it's it reads like science fiction and then there's something like this where it's Kodak's uh, rights management platform like Kodak's proprietary rights management platform and like women currency and the um I guess this isn't cryptocurrency but the thing I was reading about earlier today was using the blockchain to sign contracts for consensual sex and it's like that's actually <laughs> oh, my dystopia God. i'm sorry yeah. yeah that's a little far <laughs> wow wow yeah i don't know i i don't wow. I, I definitely don't yeah. think that every you know company wanting to jump in on this is gonna make our world <laughs> a, a better place to live like cryptocurrency is it is niche enough and I think uh, in a, a bad enough place right now as it is, this can't be helping. Blockchain really is an interesting, unique, valuable technology. I mean, it, it really is. I agree so, with that, yeah. Uh, but it's just you you have a bunch of bad startup ideas getting mixed with it and you, know, you end up with woman coins. So. Woman coin. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. It, it actually just reminds me of like apps maybe I don't yep. know how many years ago. We're just like, yep. I mean, they're still happening, but people used to care. Like when yep. an app would come out for this or an app would come out for that. And so now it's just... 
sort of like that. Like everybody's doing it because they're trying to save their company or make their company look current. And that's weird. And yeah, more the, like current C. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. The the one for the consent one is really bizarre because they don't seem to even understand like the basics of consent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can change your mind at any moment. And they tried to address that by saying like, yeah, you can change your mind at any moment by just opening the app and swiping that your consent has now changed. So like, how does that actually work? It's so oh bad. God. Oh god. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to read about this. You should write like the world's most dystopian romantic novel based on that Simone. They pulled like, out their phones and opened the, the what is it, consent.io or something like that. The, you raise a really good point about apps. And that kind of makes me wonder, like, maybe we are creating a scenario in our heads that sounds more apocalyptic than it actually is when it comes to cryptocurrency. Like, apps, there are still a lot of garbage apps. But as humans, we've kind of come up with a way to navigate around that. On the other hand, cryptocurrency involves (laughs) money and the ways that money is, is... Kind, kind of becomes its own ecosystem in a way that humans can't control, whereas we can control apps and things like that. So I I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> so dark. Yeah, Legalfling.io. More... Sorry, go on, Allison. Oh, no, I guess the, the difference is just an investment of time versus an investment of money, right? Like before, that's all we had to lose, right? Like somebody creates a dumb new app where like, going on there maybe we're going to spend some time on it right and now it's like okay no but you know who's investing in these things like their money you know and then what's happening to it and then what do they lose because of that yeah i don't know yeah i'm still you know i don't know i i i don't know why like all the new cryptocurrencies that come out like it's it doesn't feel like dystopian to me for some reason i'm just like oh this is a cool experiment let's just see what happens i'm kind of just staying out of it and watching (laughs) yeah that's a good mindset to have i think yeah that's a rational approach yeah legalfling.io is actually dystopian but the cryptocurrency that's freaky that's freaky and also ridiculous and i don't think anybody will use it i don't think women will use it really can't imagine a single woman yeah being interested in it i don't think they talk to women about it This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace, where you can enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Are you ready to make your next move with Squarespace? Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a website explaining your new cryptocurrency (laughs) (laughs) and the fun things that you're doing with the blockchain. Well, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades that you'll need. You don't have to worry about it. Squarespace has it covered. Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support if you do run into any trouble along the way. And they have a ton of award-winning templates that are beautiful to show off your wonderful ideas. And they just released a bunch of new templates. And I went and I looked at them and I cried because they're they're beautiful image-forward templates that I love. And they have have a bunch of, like, 
wedding ones that are gorgeous. They have some like restaurant ones that are really, really beautiful and they're all making me very hungry. Um, so go check them out if you want some like website inspiration. What, what would that be called? Webspo? <laughs> Makes me want to redesign my website every time, but I don't need to. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. Do that trial. Check out their new fancy templates that are gorgeous. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase. And show your support for ROCKET and your support for Relay FM, And show everyone that you have a beautiful Squarespace website in your life. Do it. Squarespace.com. Offer code ROCKET at checkout. Thank you I, so I want much. I paint a word picture for you. Paint okay. me a word picture, listeners, Bree. Listeners at home, I want you to imagine this. I want for you to imagine Simone walking down the street and she's got like a fur coat on and glasses and like the hat and she just has sacks of dollar bills and she is so super fly. Yeah. That's what happens when you use the offer code ROCKET because then Simone <laughs> gets the money to lead her super plush lifestyle, which is awesome. And then I put those pictures on my Squarespace website. <laughs> my portfolio uh, doubles as my lookbook. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for your support. And uh, thank you. That was the end of that sentence. It sounded like it wasn't going to be the end of that <laughs> sentence, but it actually was the end of the sentence. Thank you. Love Squarespace, actually. Yeah, they're I the do best. too. BillTireTechLadies.com on it, believe it or not, from Ayo! my couch with no development or design experience their templates are, are really great and now you're making me want to look at them again <laughs> i know every freaking time okay i'm on i'm on your website now yes yes it is it looks good so if you go to higher you'll see a beautiful squarespace template that you can uh enjoy and browse and then you'll be like i want my website to look like this it's very professional as it should because it's about hiring ladies <laughs> uh, now I'm just this consent cryptocurrency. I'm I'm reading it Please. while you guys are talking. Oh God, I just wanna I just wanna hurl my computer out the window. <laughs> Honestly, so like it, it, it's 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 uh, a whole thing. I literally can't imagine. Like, first of all, the idea of treating. I mean, I'm not against the idea of treating sex like a transaction per se but there's this idea the idea of like making it finite in the sense where once the quote-unquote transaction has taken place that being presumably intercourse (laughs) (laughs) that you can no longer like you can't you've signed a contract you You can't can't, change your mind yeah that's why the actual how about you freaking communicate oh my god yeah but that's why it could actually be used more against women than anything else right like that's exactly people can turn around and say like well you sign this and it's legally binding you know like as a woman i would never sign that are you kidding no yeah that's crazy but i think that you know um i would also be really freaked out over the person who wants something signed like who what's wrong with you how paranoid are you what's going on yeah um, and yep. what what do you have to hide like why like i wasn't thinking that this would be non-consensual but now that you've whipped out this app or whatever it is um yeah it's freaky 
definitely pass on that. The first red flag is in the first sentence where sex should be fun and safe. Yeah. But <laughs> nowadays, a lot of things can go wrong. Whoa. This, now, now in 2017, right, now right. things can 18, before everything 18. was fine. But now <laughs> that we have conversations about consent on a national level, things can go wrong. It's brand new for them, the people who created this. It's not brand new for everybody else who's <laughs> living as a woman dealing with it. Oh. Oh. Oh, All right, God. let's talk about our final topic. Yes, it's dessert time. And by dessert, I mean anger. Um, <laughs> so uh, today is the first day of the Overwatch League. So Overwatch has launched uh, city-based teams. So, for example, New York has a team called Excelsior. Um, Dallas has a team called Fuel. There's a London team. They're kind of they're they're mostly uh, centered in the United States, and then there's a London team, and then of course there's some Asian teams. Seoul has a team. Hong Kong has a team, um, and that's super cool in the sense that I love professional Overwatch. It is uncool in the sense that the teams are composed entirely of men. And Nathan Grayson over at Kotaku's esports uh, vertical, which is called compete.kotaku.com, uh, published uh, what is a great article about uh, the top Overwatch player, Gigerty, from South Korea. She's a Zarya player, um, and she's very, very good. She was the center of a sort of drama – not drama is a bad word to use, but a, – a, an incident a few, couple years back where she was harassed incessantly by people who did not believe that she was as good as she is because she's very young. She's a young woman playing a video game. Of course, she can't be good. So she did a live stream where she filmed herself playing the game. She showed herself her hands. She showed her gameplay footage and basically had to, on a this global level, prove that, yes – She's really good at Overwatch, which is the most absurd thing. Um, so she's undergone it, a, a lot of... It's a sexist Yeah, it's you know, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yep. She's undergone a lot of crap. Um, and the question that Nathan raised is, why wasn't Giggory, who is now, um, you know, a pro Overwatch player, she was competing on in a South Korean league for a while, uh, why is she not on any of these teams? Um, and I think that there... There are two kind of questions to look at here. And w one, of course, is the question of what Gagarty wants to do with her career, which I personally don't know. Like, I would not be surprised if she did not want this level of scrutiny. The other question is, A, why are there no women at all? B, the quotes in this article from the managers oh. of the teams are so unbelievably bad um some of them bring up language barrier which yes would be an issue for the Houston Outlaws for example Gigerty is Korean uh would not be an example uh, an an excuse for the New York Excelsior team which is composed entirely of Korean players pro Korean players um teamwork team composition was brought up it was it's literally like pick pick your most half stereotypical excuses for why a woman isn't involved in something and that quote is in this article yep i mean you know what what really gets me i mean simone do you watch a lot of like professional sports because i don't and a real reason with this i can't 
see myself in any of the players. Do you know what I mean? I don't get into football because it's a story of someone else like rising to glory. I, I don't feel involved there. I mean, am I alone with that? No, no. Yeah. I've always felt that way about sports um, until I got into hockey and um, (laughs) somehow just like saw around it, but then saw female players playing once and was like, Oh, this is so cool because this is a sport I've fallen in love with. And I can see people who look like me doing it. So right. I think that's common for a lot of people. You need to see women doing it. Yeah. And one of the reasons I've been so excited about pro sports is, or esports rather, is, you know, all the excuses about, oh, women aren't fast enough or strong enough or whatever, you know, it's just has no basis here. It just comes down to, you know, the structure of who gets opportunity, who gets training, who gets, you know, supported. And, you know, if you took someone like here in Massachusetts, if you took David Ortiz from the Red Sox and you put him in an alternate, like, experience growing up where he wasn't socialized to play baseball. He had difficulty getting coaches. He was socially discouraged to play baseball. Whenever, every time he picked up a bat, like people made fun of him or held him to double standards or tried to sleep with him. You know, like it would, he would not be the baseball player he is today. Every man that, you know, is risen to the point of overwatch. They are really oblivious to this system that goes along with it, that supports them and teaches them, it helps them get to the next level. So it's really hard for me to get enthusiastic about Overwatch League when they're just trotting out the same sexist nonsense playbook that we've been having in professional sports for all of, you know, recorded history. And the last thing I've got to say about this is Overwatch is a game that, you know, it is problematic in some ways. But generally speaking, with the character designs of this game, they've taken a lot of effort to include different uh, races, different backgrounds, different nationalities, different, you know, sexual orientations. They've done a really good job at making the, the, the art of the game inclusive. And I think it just really shows that Blizzard has failed when you just see the same indefensible sexist nonsense getting trotted out again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, do you want me to, like, go through some of the quotes in this and yeah, talk about them? go for it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, because <laughs> oh, I, I feel like this could benefit from an example of just, like, the the low zero effort that it, it feels like uh, these managers have put into thinking about this. Uh, so, quote from Outlaws, uh, Houston Outlaws general manager Matt Rodriguez, quote, you have to go through all these hurdles. Like, if you pick up a player, is the press going to call it a PR stunt, or is it because she was the best? <sighs> going on to say, uh, quote from a player on the team, people would always be doubting, always be judging. So it has to be the right person, the right player, which makes it especially hard for women in the scene right now. You know what would be a great way to um, prove to the press and the haters that it wasn't a PR stunt to pick a woman would be to have a woman playing on a professional Overwatch team and succeeding. That's an interesting, hmm, think about that for a moment. (laughs) Just think about that. 
it's it's so unbelievably lazy to me to use as an excuse it might look like a pr stunt what if people what if people give her hate she's already getting so much hate first of all and they go on to say that uh he says uh this is from rodriguez again um yes i've read a lot of articles about her having hard times and that sucks but that's the hurdle you have to get through all the f-word and negativity you're gonna read on reddit or invent or whatever the problem here is not that giggery is being harassed that's a problem the problem here specifically is women not being chosen by professionals to play on professional overwatch teams those are two separate issues (laughs) i'm i'm sure that the uh the negativity and the harassment is not the reason that she wasn't chosen or a woman wasn't chosen to be on your specific team. Um, and there, I, the London Spitfire, the issue there was that they wanted to bring in a whole squad. Uh, so a team that has played together before. So they kind of know each other's um they, they they fulfill a team composition. They know how each other play. They play well together and they ended up not doing that in the you know at the end of the day uh so they don't have like a squad that's played together which would mean that uh a new person would have been on the same level as everyone else because it's not like they're uh, a full team anyway they'll need to train together and then oh god what's the quote from excelsior uh when we were constructing the roster we were looking for a team that had experience playing together as a core once again Gregory is a talented player. She plays off tank, which is really important. Uh, It's really important to have chemistry with the rest of your team. We were trying to find someone who already meshed well with the team. Right. So (sighs) that's the problem. It's like she's not in. uh, If you can't can't let women into the team in the first place, women are never going to mesh well with your team because they're literally not there. Right. And the other thing that really gets me here is like, is so I'm about to use language. So I'm sorry, but is so insulting to treat like a woman showing up and playing a game and saying, Oh, it's a PR stunt. If that is the first thing that jumps into your mind, my friend, you have some unconscious bias that you need to think through and work through. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was talking to Kotaku about this and one of the reporters there off the record this week about a something. And, you know, we're talking about how, women don't go into games and game journalism and game development to like make some sort of like political statement. You know, we do this just because we like the stuff the way that guys like this stuff and we're just doing it for fun to be ourselves. And the fact that like your first thought is like PR stunt or trick or, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's trying to trick you by being in that space. That's such a, unbelievably selfish and sexist attitude to have. And it's, I I totally agree. And it's also just from a practical standpoint, not true. Like, like these, this is not what's going to happen, right? Like all these things that you worry about that might happen if you let a woman onto this team, you know, like they may or may not happen and they can actually turn out to be big pluses for you. Right. Like that, your team could be have so much more attention on it than it ever before. And that could be a big win for you. Like the things that you, these people are saying aren't even open and shut cases. Like 
it's not necessarily going to be a negative effect. And, Mm -hmm. um, and also I would think for her, it's likely that she'll deal with it no matter what, right? Like if she's in a more high profile, um, you wouldn't say position, it's not a position, but, um, uh, you know, if she's on a more high profile team, there'll be more threads that are sexist about her. Who, who cares at a certain point? Like once they're out there, you just keep doing your thing and moving forward. Right. So, Yeah, if you want her to learn to deal with the hate, like, put her on the friggin' team. She's going to have it anyway. Yeah, she'll be fine. Can I I say one more thing here? Yeah, please do. Also, I'd love to get your opinion about this. One of the traps I see for women in tech all the time um, is this trap of like, oh, we're going to bet on the next generation. We're going to teach young girls to code. And that's in this article too. Quote, we've been pretty vocal about our plans to build out a youth esports ecosystem for Overwatch and other games. Yeah, the insinuation basically being, well, we're going to train girls to play Overwatch and then magically in 10 years, this problem will solve itself. Mm -hmm. And this is word for word the BS that we deal with in the game industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Overwatch, Simone, you play a ton of Overwatch. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are women that play, right? Yeah. They're absolutely yeah. women that play. I uh, certainly would not count myself among the people who are qualified to be a pro. But yeah, I'm pretty sure our of Slack room at work, there are a ton of women on our Overwatch Slack room. Sure. So it's like, you know, if you're, you've got to do the hard work and address the bias now. Yeah. And what really worries me about this story is you know, if you don't take a hard look at this budding esports culture, like Overwatch League is the first really mainstream attempt at bringing sports teams, you know, across the United States and making esports like a legitimate, uh, you know, business. Like I can see this growing to the point of, you know, eventually needing tax breaks for local stadiums. For me as a congressional candidate, I am deeply interested in this subject because I think like there's a lot of economic upside here. This is something that I'm very interested in. But when you're trotting out this same sex as playbook that's been there for all these other sports, it's just like, we got to fight this crap for another few generations. It's like, no. Well, like, that's, let's, that's a tactic yeah. too. You know, that's of course a tactic and saying, you know, like, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to, we're working on the code. We're going to have like the next generation of esports is going to be women. Like, um, that's just delaying it. And also it's erasing the women that are doing it right now. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, we're here, we're doing this. Um, so don't pretend that it doesn't exist. And, you know, so I, I, I mean, I can kind of see through that. I think a lot of people can see through that. Like, those quotes read really like blatant excuses to me. And I think a lot of people will read it as such as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really well said. And uh, <laughs> I thought we will uh, wrap this up for the week. So Allison, tell us what you're up to this week. What I'm up to this week is basically just wrapping up. We have something called founding membership for tech ladies and it's open this week. We open it a couple times a year. It's like a smaller version, paid version of our group, which is our large group is free. Um, So that's always like a really busy week when we have that going on. So doing a little bit of that um, and just, you know, it's I'm going to try to get back to the gym. Right. Like I usually (laughs) wait the first. Yeah, but I usually wait out the first like two weeks of January or two 
you know, everybody's New Year's resolution is going to be there. So I wait that part out. And then when they're done and they've all quit, I ease myself back uh, in. Noise. Brianna, what what are you up to, Bri? Uh, well, I am enjoying Orange Theory Fitness, where I am consistently at the top of the leaderboard at my class where I just started. So that's uh, that's my gem. But seriously, um, you know, we just moved to Datum and it is speech after speech after speech after speech here. Um, you know, uh, I will do anything. I'll do, bar- you know, like uh, weddings, like birthday parties, Democratic meetings. Like you have any small group of people, I will come uh, shake your hand and show up and do that. So that's, that's literally all my my job is right now is going and meeting voters, which is which is fun. Um, I guess I'd also say I had um, this getting a bit personal, but uh you know, I sent a tweet last week that went, um, it got about 9,000 retweets. I was asking uh, people, journalists, uh, to look at why we hadn't really had a Me Too movement in the uh, video game industry. And, you know, it's um, it's a pattern that I recognized from Gamergate where media just calls and calls and calls and calls uh, because, you know, media reporters are very eager to a camera in the face of a woman that's, you know, has a tragic story to tell. And it's, it's just been, it's, it's been weird if that makes sense to you. Cause it's like, I'm trying to move away from this, mm-hmm. um, this kind of, um, you know, like when you're running for Congress, you can't only fight for women's rights. Like it the can't economy define is your just life. as important. Yeah. Um, so it's been a really weird week because I've been telling a lot of, you know, people know, but also when the story makes sense, kind of getting involved with that. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been a weird week that I'm trying to get out and run a political campaign. And, you know, it's like media just keeps calling. Yeah. So, it's like 2014 flashbacks. Yeah. Well, it is. You know, what happens when you're a public figure is it, it kind of, um, it comes and goes in waves and like you come to understand that. So, you know, it's like, but like a really good example, this Overwatch story, uh, you know, one of the leagues is right here in Boston, uh, you know, Boston uprising. Uh, very first thing I've been doing literally while we've been recording this show is talking to reporters around here and getting them to report this story. And, you know, it's like, here I am again in the middle of a women's yeah. rights thing, but it's like, this is a story that needs to happen. So it's <sighs> just, uh, it's constantly balancing that. Always battles to be fought, Simone. Yep. So it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, all right. Uh, what am I doing this week? <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a I had a good week. My week tends more towards Allison's week than Bree's week. I started volunteering at an animal shelter this week. Oh, so. It's the best. Yes, oh. it is so good. And I am going to be honest that I I spent my two hour shift um, thinking constantly about how I could not have a dog and then trying to justify it and then going, <laughs> no, you cannot have a dog. It would be cruel to a dog to have a dog in your tiny apartment when you're, ho- you're not home for 10 hours a day. Anyway, I'm not getting a dog. But I'm going to be around dogs a lot, and I'm really happy. It's it's a lot of fun, and I'm immediately like so glad oh. that I made time for it. And um, yes, yeah, it's good. Volunteering with animals is good. Oh, so, so this cute. is 
This is a, you know, this is an issue I've long advocated, but um, I'm really surprised more politicians don't advocate this. Like I want to like double the funding for animal shelters across the country. Like there's no reason not to do it. It helps like local communities deal with, um, you know, strays and other animal control issues. And it just, it brings out the best of people. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think that's a sector of the budget we need to increase. While you're at it, get more people to spay and neuter their pets. I will. will. It's 2018. Why haven't you spayed and neutered your pet? Anyway, a lot of people, a lot of people just still don't get it. And a lot of people don't get that. Like that's your, that should be your first stop when you're going to get a pet, like go to a shelter. Don't start shopping for them online and from a puppy mill. It's so terrible. There's so many, there's so many that need homes and they're so cute. They are very cute and you can find them online and then feel like you want one as I did. (laughs) All right, Allison, where can we find you online besides hiretechladies.com? I'm on Twitter at Allison Veronica, Allison with two L's. Um, and yeah, HireTechLadies.com. Um, that's pretty much it. Those are my two most active places. <laughs> Sounds good. Brianna, what about you? Uh, go to Space Cat Gal on Twitter. If you want to support my congressional campaign, go to SupportBrianna.com. All right. And I am on Twitter, of course, at Doom Quasar and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Polygon. And here on Rocket at Relay FM. And you can support Rocket by uh, using one of our offer codes or by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a review of any kind, few star ratings, so whatever your flavor of stars that you enjoy. Or, of course, you can tell a friend about the show and get them to listen to an episode. And if they enjoy it, uh, they can tell a friend. And then suddenly we've taken over the whole world and we're all <laughs> having a party together. On squarespace.com. <laughs> this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Allison, say terminated. 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 Yay! <laughs>